Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Ramblings from Two Meddling Kids. I'm Edward Hunt, joined by my fellow gentleman, Mike Cunningham. And we are the Meddling Kids. And fun fact, everybody, it's Mike's birthday this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And to celebrate his birthday coming up, we decided to review one of his favorite movie, The Gentleman. So for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. It's great to have you here. For those of you who have come back once again, always great to see you. Uh, We're also recording separately because it's snowing here in D.C. and I don't want to drive. Yeah, there you have it. (laughs) But don't worry, we will never spoil anything in a movie for the first, let's call it 10-15 minutes. We'll give you a 0-5 to review of what we think of the movie, then some background, and then we'll really get into our spoiler territory as we break it down scene by scene. But Michael, I've kind of spoiled this slightly, it's one of your favorite movies, but The Gentleman, 0-5, to what do you think of this movie? Uh, Four and a half. I love this movie. Like, from the... The obviously, I mean, it's it's weird to start, but yeah, the acting was great. Like, I, I feel like nobody like fumbled their their role. Uh, it's something I I didn't notice until like I watched it uh, again yesterday. But I never noticed good writing mm-hmm. in a movie. Like we talked about, like I guess uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. That's I was like, it's very like it was very smartly written stuff like that. But it was just like I guess I never noticed good writing. It's mm-hmm. in the dialogue. That's where you catch it. So this movie is just very a very intelligent film. Right. So it just like it reminded me of like a newsroom or like a West uh, West Wing, West World and stuff like that it was just like, yeah, those are great. Those are great. Uh, like uh, it's great content or whatever. But it was just like the writing is a, what is what really sells those those things, those, those, those either, you know, TV shows or films. And that, that's what this movie is. And like I remember sitting like I remember literally yesterday sitting there watching it like Jesus Christ is so intelligent. It was just like it's literally like playing chess um on on screen like it was just like like having sitting people somebody sit with a like a certain dial like dialogue between two characters and it was just like there's way more happening here than just what they're saying type of thing and but that was the like they they pointed out um at a certain point in the film between two characters but it was like i noticed that throughout the film it was like there was so much more going on than what like what meets the eye and it was like i said it was like it's very rare that i notice good writing but it's like it peaks out in the dialogue yeah um because you, you can tell, like, like, like I love the same thing, like we said with the bad times at the El Royale. Like, this is not necessarily a linear linear story, but it was just like you're not lost, mm-hmm. and and it's it's also like a, um, I guess a detective or like a neo noir or something like that. Where it was just like revisiting scenes from a different perspective gives you way more of you know of of the story. So it was like they did that a bunch in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know this. Like I said, this this movie like made Guy Ritchie like one of my favorite. Um, directors back in like 2019 because he did this one and then shortly after he, like the next year he did Wrath of Man with uh, Jason Statham and I was just like Jesus Christ he's two for two I, I don't know how he does <laughs> so, 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 that's how short my like, my fucking attention span was but it was just like those two movies back to back were just fucking amazing obviously last year he had um uh The Covenant mm-hmm. uh, but it was just like when he gets into his like Excuse me. It's the same thing with like uh, Scorsese. Like when they get into their crime drama bag, it was like there's there's nothing better. Yeah. Um. So it was obviously before this he had like a uh, snatch and um rock and roller and stuff like that. It was just like when he gets into that London like underground scene in mm-hmm. the in his movies, it was just like there's nothing better. So it was like that's really where he shines, and it was like that's what this movie was. It was a bit of like because obviously like the the protagonist is an American, not necessarily you know from Brit, uh, from uh, London, but it was just like. 
the same the same like vibes. Like I love the storytelling, the cinematography, the acting was great, and like I said, the the writing is something I really wanted to like highlight for this. It was like one of my favorites. It was like when I thought about like, and it's crazy because it's like a it's I guess it's underground. Like it's not something I put in a top ten, but mm-hmm. it was just like in a very specific category. Maybe it was like by certain directors or about a certain genre. Like I will put this up there. Um, so like when we asked like what I, what I want to do for like the 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 episode for my birthday, I was like, no, it was a it was a no brainer. Yeah. I want to do something obscure, like something not like where everybody knew, but mm-hmm. also like something that was just like fucking great. Um, yeah. So yeah, four and a half for me. I, I can sing the praises of this film for uh, for you know for the rest of the day. But I really I really love this film. Nice. I just had like so it's a four and a half because of the fact that I have one gripe with the um with the the plot or whatever. Just yeah. one little gripe, and we'll get into it. But it's it's a damn near perfect film for me. Excellent. All right. Yeah. So four and a half from Mike. That's high, high praise. Not to be contrarian at all, but I'm giving it a four to start with. I think it is a great movie for sure. Um, yeah. And I definitely think the, everyone's portrayal is very strong. Like there is no bad acting in this movie at all. And I do completely agree with Mike when Guy Ritchie gets into his seedy underground illegal stuff happening. It's just so good. Um, and yeah, really, I was introduced to Guy Ritchie with Snatch. Like, I mean, what a great movie that was. I remember seeing that when I was like a kid, basically. And it's like, holy crap, it's just good. And this movie, and that's something with Guy Ritchie, I think that's so impressive because he has similar themes and similar concepts in his movies, but all of, especially the, you know, London Underground, but they all just feel so unique and original. And I really enjoyed that one for this one. I think for me, one of the standout performances uh, is Charlie Hun- Hunman. Human? Mm-hmm. Is it? Hunnan. 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 Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Charlie Hunnan. I think he did phenomenal in this the whole mm-hmm. time. Uh, he's you know, the second in command, and you really see a lot of things that he's involved in. Did you ever with. watch, um, what is it, the, the fucking. Of Sons of Anarchy? Did you ever watch that? I watched the first couple seasons and then okay. I just put it down for a little bit and I never uh, returned to it. But I need Honestly, to. Honestly, re watching it this yesterday, I was just like, do I need to? Because it was like, I do want to see. Like, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about who was like, who was the shiny. Obviously, like, kind of hates the shining light because he's going to monologue you to death. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Charlie Hunnam is definitely like a, a shining lightness as well. And it was like, I was sitting there watching. I was like, I want to see more of him. Yeah. And it's like, so it's like, maybe I need to revisit, uh, not even revisit, maybe I need to watch Sons of Anarchy. I was sorry, Warren, I didn't mean no, to cut you off. No, absolutely. I think Sons of Anarchy, for the record, really solid, and it really shows his acting chops as well. Um, and he is even a more grown-up, better actor now than he was in Sons of Anarchy, and Sons of Anarchy was still excellent. So I think for me, he was one of my favorite pieces of this. But then you have like, Colin Farrell, and it was really great. Matthew McConaughey, obviously, is great. Um, I guess from a plot perspective as well, there were a few parts of the plot where I was just, it felt not necessarily tacked on, but like a little disjointed. It didn't feel quite as connected with some of it, and unfortunately. And this is nothing with Colin Farrell. He's a phenomenal actor, and he did great. But like his storyline in all of this, I think, felt a little, you know, like with his boxers, that felt for me a little different. When it came out of nowhere, I found, and some of the stuff of like, saving the day with them. I was like, Hmm. Okay. Okay. But as a whole, yeah. But no, I mean, as a whole with this movie, it's rock solid all the way through really enjoy it. Uh, we'll get it when we touch in the opening, but that opening hits you like a ton of bricks and you're like, well, now I'm just trying to play catch up and what the hell is going on. But I want to be in it every step of the way. And again, yeah, pacing was excellent. There was not even an opportunity to be, to be bored by this movie at any, any point in time. 
um yeah very solid movie i'm giving it a four for now and we'll see and go from there um yeah cool let's get into some background on this thing what do we got okay so the gentleman uh was released on january 24th 2020 i don't know it says it's a 2019 film i'm it's whatever uh the runtime is an hour and 53 minutes the budget was 22 million the box the worldwide box office was 115 million so did fairly well Mm -hmm. uh the rotten tomatoes is a 75 for critics 84 for um audience the genre is action crime drama uh the director is guy Ritchie, who like we said prior like he directed a lot lock stock and two uh smoking barrels Mm -hmm. snack revolver rock and roller um the man from uncle and then like he did aladdin which was like just out of the fucking box (laughs) (laughs) and then uh wrath of man in the covenant um from last year uh, the cast is Matthew McConaughey as Mickey Pearson, um, Charlie Hunnan as Ray, uh, Michelle Dougherty as Roslyn, Tom Wu as Lord Lord George, sorry, Eddie Marzen as Big Dave, uh, Jeremy Strong as Matthew, Colin Farrell as the coach, Henry Golding as Dry Eye, and Hugh Grant as Fletcher. That's another thing too. Is just like I I hadn't seen much Hugh Grant, much of his films like from the early two thousands. Like I know he was like beloved and like. That there was a charm to him, but it was just like it's. It wasn't until like later in his career where I got introduced to it as this, and obviously like um, Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. Wonka, and stuff like that. But it was just like Wonka again. He was the Oompa Loompa. Oh duh, yes, okay, that's why because he wasn't like full size Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah. I was having trouble placing it. Yes, yeah. But it was just like I, yeah, I didn't meet him until later in his career. But it was just like I'm seeing why he he had he grew in popularity in the early 2000s because yeah. there is a like I. I hated this character, but I loved his character in this. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that was the point. And I think yeah. he really, he he loved it. Same thing we talked about uh, Chris Hemsworth with um, Bad Times at the El Royale. It was just like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be a bad character, I'm going to have all of the fucking fun. And yeah. I think that's why so many actors love playing um, mm-hmm. antagonists. Because, you, I mean, why the fuck not? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is the point of this character. Um, and then the, the tagline is criminal class. <laughs> that's that's right. That's uh, they back on that. Cool, awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, before we get into our spoiler territory, a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Edward Hunt. I'm on the Just Be team of Compass, and we're all about finding where you're meant to be. Uh, so I'm personally located in the DMV, that's DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So if you want any advice on the market in those three areas, feel free to reach out anytime. But also, so much more than that. I have phenomenal handymen and contractors. I have great roofers, electricians, plumbers, and I can connect you with all of them for really any of your home or housing needs. Also, I have phenomenal contacts with uh, lenders. So if you need to refinance, get a HELOC, anything, feel free to reach out and I can give you the best advice I can and connect you with the people that can give probably better advice (laughs) depending on the topic. Also, a great thing about Compass is we are a nationwide brokerage. So no matter where you are in America, I can connect you with people for your success. Also, Hunt Comics. Hey, uh, I have Evil's a Weapon issue one that's for free on Global Comics, and you can also buy it on Amazon Kindle or a physical copy. Would love for you to check out the series. And finally, a word from our sponsors. Again, it's Mike's birthday, so everyone give him a little extra birthday love this episode. (laughs) But all right, The Gentleman. So it's very posh, you know, very high-class English, you know, while we're here. All about lords and castles, right? That's how this kind of goes, I think? There's a bit of that, honestly. Um... (laughs) But yeah, so it opens with, um, I mean, your classic McConaughey uh, voiceover. <laughs> I feel like he can't escape the goddamn Lincoln commercials. No, right? no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no 
two years. Yeah, so it starts with a um a voiceover from Mickey Pearson saying like um to be the king you you um to be the king of the jungle you not only need to like act like the king like it's it's just it's very much like giving this um he is the the lord of like the land that he pervades type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. He's you know like you said he's very high class. He walks in like um he has a driver uh his driver is Ray. Uh, his kind of second in command. He walks into a bar, uh, orders a fucking what was it like a a hard boiled egg, egg and a beer? It's a pickled egg. It's a very you know, yeah. That's right. That's what it was. And I was just like, Ugh, not in <laughs> not in my America. Uh, you're actually pretty good. And the pickled egg does a really good job of cutting through the alcohol and stuff. It's a pretty tasty snack when you're drinking. Just right? dying the fuck out of here. Okay? <laughs> it's a flavor profile. All right. <laughs> so your tongue can taste five now. Fuck with it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he orders a pickled egg and a beer, and he's sitting there, and he's like, he calls his um, like I said, there's voiceover about him talking about being like the the lion and the like uh, running the jungle type of thing. And then, like, as he's on the phone with his uh, wife saying, like, plans for the evening or something like that, a man steps behind him with a gun and you just hear uh, a gunshot and then blood on the um, on the table. Mm-hmm. And, and his then it beer, which is such a good thing. Like, seeing that little the blood just go through the beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, then you get the kind of these opening credits, which is like, which is kind of rare now. It's like very much like I think only like James Bond like movies do it. Yeah. Like that like, opening credit scene. But it was like it introduced you to the different characters and you know all that and kind of certain moments you'll see in the film, which I feel like not not just James Bond, but Mission Impossible does that as well. Mm-hmm. They'll kind of um, they'll kind of like uh, let you know about what's going on in the film in that opening credit scene. Yeah, um, and that's like one of the best. The, you know, the cold opener that open that they have. Like I love like movies that are set up like this. They just have a more classic feel to them. I think mm-hmm. of like. Yeah. This is what happened. Holy crap. And now opening credits you have, which is just mm-hmm. a lot of fun because when you have such a strong scene like that, it's just, you're like, oh man, okay, now I really, I'm invested. I want to know everything about it. Mm-hmm. And then just this opening scene too, is he's talking about the law of the jungle. He's talking about all this. And then he, he gets shot from everything. Yeah. We know it. He's like, and he was just talking about being this big badass and everything. And then <laughs> boom, one to the dome. Nah, it's not, get out of here. And I was like, I guess no more Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so after the opening credits, we get um, Ray arriving at his home. Like he turns on a light. He goes to like fix something in the kitchen. And then Fletcher is there in the dark sitting. Like, like a fucking parent that's like watching a teenager sneak in. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, uh, Buenos tardes, Remundo, or whatever. And he like, mm-hmm. um, he's been drinking. Like, so he's like shaking a glass at him. And um, they're obviously familiar with one another. We, uh, Hugh Grant plays Fletcher. And he's like, um, I want to tell you a story. Yeah. And like Ray, like Ray's immediately like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. He was like, I want to tell you a story. And he was like, he kind of pushes and pushes and they kind of stare at one another. And then he's like, you'll want to hear this fucking story. Yeah. Um, and then so like uh, Ray goes and sits down and lets Fletcher tell a story. And it was like, I talking about the writing. This is one. The characters are great. But it was just like, I love how they framed Fletcher telling the story of the movie like yeah. it was a film. Like it was just like because he shows it was like. He basically says that um, he was hired by Big Dave, who was this editor for a paper in London, mm-hmm. to find out, yeah, to find some dirt on Mickey Pearson. And um, he, the Big Dave was going to pay him $150,000, but he's like, if you pay me two, 20 mil, I won't give Big Dave what I had. Yeah. And Ray's like, what the fuck? Like, how did you go from 150000 to 20 mil? And it was like, knowing what I know you want to know. And he was like, I also, um, he wrote it up in a, in a screenplay. Mm-hmm. called uh, Bush or whatever. 
And it was just like, that's the the framing of how Fletcher is retelling the information that he has to Ray. And I was, I thought that was just so inventive and like, just so it's, it's um, I guess we talked about the killer and how like, um, it was that Fincher, right? And mm-hmm. how basically yeah. that was peeking into the mind of a perfectionist or a creator. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, like you see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Guy Ritchie showing you how he goes about like writing films. And I, I just thought that was like really cool. Yeah. And I think hopping on that too, and why I think Guy Ritchie is such a great writer and director is a lesser writer or a director who's not as capable as him would could do the same thing and it would come off as cheesy it would 100 percent come mm-hmm. like i saw that and i was like this could come off as cheesy kind of silly or like take me out of it in this movie it makes perfect sense the entire way through and i was like no this is great i really like that this has that grounding aspect of it too so i've mad props that it was able to do it well yeah mm-hmm. So yeah, he goes. Um, he goes. I, we find out like his his back. He was hired by Big Dave. Yada yada yada. Um, mm-hmm. and so he starts with the backstory of Mickey Pearson. So like Mickey Pearson grew up in poverty in the states. Mm-hmm. Got a scholarship to a school in London, but um, he had a more um a business mindset. So like instead of like doing his studies, he just sold weed to his very rich, um, classmates. Mm-hmm. And he found you know he found that he had, he just had a knack for you know selling weed. So he grew his empire, like he had to get his hands dirty a bit. And you see, you see one of the fucking, I mean, luckily it wasn't shown, but a yeah. very violent thing. Like he, I guess he goes to like some drug dealers and it was like, they're on his territory or something with a fucking machete. Mm-hmm. And it starts out with like three or four men in a room. And yeah. then it just flashes to a guy bloody on the ground, handing Pearson money. And it was yeah. like, so you don't know what the fuck happened, but mm-hmm. some like shit went down. He chops um, yeah but, but you just see that he's like um he that's how he built his kind of empire mm-hmm. and now that was like when he was a teenager obviously he was uh still a university but like now 20 you know 25 years later or whatever it is he's trying to get out of the business he's trying to sell his empire mm-hmm. to um matthew who they call like the fox or whatever yeah because he, he realizes that like his um his reputation isn't at that great so he can't be in the like certain rooms with certain lords and stuff like that in London because of like his, um, his upbringing. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to sell off his uh, empire to Matthew for uh 400 million. Um, and, and so I think sorry, from, since we're talking about Matthew now to uh, Jeremy strong played Matthew and he did a great job of basically making me want to punch him in the face from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like him and the guy from the boys, uh, Huey, such yeah. punch in the faces. Yeah, right. And, and how he just carried himself the whole time. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like, oh man, I want to pop you on a little bit. And that's exactly how I think that's how you're supposed to feel about this. Man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he's trying to sell to, uh, Matthew because, you know, he's just trying to get out of the business, selling over 400 million. And, um, then we learn that, uh, the reason why just really quickly as he's, uh, Fletcher is telling all of this. So Fletcher tells, um, the reason why, uh, big Dave, the editor for the tabloid, um, wants this information on Mickey is because of the fact that at a party we're mm-hmm. like, um, Mickey kind of like um, snubbed him, if yeah. you will. Like he was, he went to shake his hand and introduce himself, and Mickey was like, "Yeah, I know who you are," and didn't refuse to shake his hand because of the fact that Big Dave had written a story about one of uh, Pearson's friends, so mm-hmm. he refused to respect him. And like because Mickey, you know, didn't give a fuck because it was like a lot of people only respect Big Dave because of the fact that he may write something about you in the, excuse me, in the paper. So they're mm-hmm. like, 
we need to be on this guy's good side, but Mickey doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And so, like, he snubbed him in front of all these lords and stuff like that. So, like, Big Dave is like, I need to get back at him, and I'll pay whatever it costs for this information. Mm-hmm. And so, like, then we jump to uh, Mickey showing uh, Matthew, like, his operation. So we find out that, like, he, you know, he, once again, it's it's Matthew McConaughey in these, uh, <laughs> these monologues. But he's driving through some London estate, and he says that, Nobody can figure out how math, sorry, yeah, how Michael grows, or sorry, Mickey grows the amount of weed that he does per year without having land or whatever. Like, and he, he lets you know that he was like, yeah, like London is great and it has a lot of land, but it was like it's owned by the people. So there's no way to secretly do anything because there's like um, bird watchers and like walking groups and all, all the stuff. It was like, you'll get flagged immediately. Yeah. So what he does, and he's ingenious, is there's all these estates. There's a bunch of like castles, like because of royalty and stuff like that in London. But it was like people inherit things. But when you inherit like estates and all that, you also inherit their debts. Then yeah. usually people don't get the money. So what he does is um, he stays abreast of like who's inheriting what. And he was like, look, I'll pay you X amount per year. And if you let me do something on your land mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was like they don't care because of the fact that they're in debt. So they need the money. Yeah. And so like he has 12 estates throughout London. Um, where he has like secret go- grow houses or farms uh, underground, and so like he he says like you could be walking on my on my bush and not even know it because of the fact that like, that's how intricate intricate his uh, his uh, empire is. And so he shows Matthew one of these farms, and it was like basically it just looks like a, a cargo container or whatever. But you go inside and there's a secret door. You go downstairs and you see literally it's just a, a full farm of mm-hmm. weed. And he says he has the best of. Uh, botanist and like technology and all this stuff and he was like i'm willing to sell this to you for 400 million but it was like i think this was like 2019 he was like yeah in a few years the weed business because it's going legal is mm-hmm. going to be it's the it's going to boom yeah um and so you know you're getting in on the basically on the ground floor so like we know that i could sell this for more but i'm just trying to get out i got blood on my hands and i'm trying to do better he wants, to be, he wants to be retired, hang out, like hang out with his wife, have a couple kids, you know, just enjoy. And with $400 million, I think you'll be all right for a little while. You know, maybe like you might have to work when you're a little older, I guess, but you'll be good for a bit for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it's such a good point too, even when, because Matthew is, you know, he's a shrewd businessman. So he's like, oh, well, you know, when it becomes legal, as you said. And then I love, I wanted to recheck the statistic. I just didn't. But then when uh, Mickey says after the United States had the prohibition, it still took mm-hmm. 15 years for demand, you know, for legal demand to catch up to what, you know, people wanted. So all the speakeasies mm-hmm. and bootleggers still were making money because they were the ones who were supplying the majority of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Such a great point. I just little tiny details like that were why I was like, yeah, no, that's so mm-hmm. smart. makes so much sense. As you said, with dialogue and the writing of it was just yeah yeah and so like that that's that's where we get the the relationship between matthew and uh, mickey and then int- uh introducing uh dry eye and this, this is where we go back and forth with like um what's his name fletcher is trying to tell a story so like you get like the how it work in a film versus how it was in real life and it's like there's like the two parallels and it's very interesting so we meet dry eye he's about like um he's running with like the i guess the uh the triad or like not maybe not the triad but like the asian um criminal underground in London or whatever. He's like shipping people and like, like just products, you know, from China. Opium and all that stuff. Yeah. And so like, uh, he gets a a shipment of like, like a 40 foot container of like a car parts or something like that. And he gifts it to 
uh, Mickey's wife who runs like an auto shop. Um, and he's like, just for free. And she was like, no, what's the cost? And you, you can tell she's also very, she's not dumb. She's very intelligent. So she was like, nothing comes for free. What does it cost? And he initially says nothing. Yeah. And he was like, but he wants a meeting with Mickey or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like Mickey grants it because he, obviously he loves his wife. They they are very much business partners. Like he, she's always in the room with him as he's making decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he grants uh, Dry Eye a meeting and Dry Eye um, gives him an offer to buy his business. Because he was like, I heard you getting out. Um, I'd like to buy your business and you don't see how much he offers him, mm-hmm. but, uh, Mickey's, you know, it's like, he, he already has a deal with Matthew. So he was like, I don't, I don't really care or, you know, what, what you're going to offer. Um, yeah. it doesn't really matter. And then you see this, uh, in the meeting, what's his name? Uh, dry eye goes, um, you're, uh, you know, basically you're, you're too old and mm-hmm. you need to respect somebody like me, basically kind of like this, um, the young, the young lion coming for the, the veteran or whatever. It was like. Yeah. If, he says, "If you have more silver on your back than back, yeah. maybe it's time for you to get out." Type yeah, of thing. Yeah, about like silverback gorillas. Yeah, if you have more silver, yeah. you know, too much silver. Yeah, if you have more silver than back, now it's time. So he's like, mm-hmm. "You're way too old." But then Mickey just has such a great rebuttal on this too. Mm-hmm. Talking about like the young dragon, he's like a young. He's like, so, no, so first, actually, what he says is like, and this is like, like we were saying with um, when dry, I guess introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, What's his name? Fletcher likes to play with like actuality versus um, oh, yeah. a movie or whatever. So initially, like Dry makes that threat, and Mickey yeah. shoots him in the in the groin or whatever, then kills yeah. his bodyguard. And then he was like, "What was that? What was that you were saying about um, the rules of the jungle?" He was mm-hmm. like, "The only rule of the jungle, as he's standing over Dry, Dry is trying to crawl out because he's been shot." And he goes, "The only rule of the jungle is when the lion's hungry, he eats." Yeah, and then he shoots him in the face or whatever. And then like, what's his name? Ray is just like very calm. He's like. That's not how it happened. It was like, that's not even how Mickey works. And he goes back and he, he gives it. He was like, um, I know uh, your lot talking about um, people from Asia. I know your lot like, um, what is it? Proverbs or whatever. He was like, mm-hmm. when a, um, a young dragon came to the, yeah. <laughs> to a, a, an old lion offering to um, buy his territory. Yeah. And he was like, and the, the young lion, uh, the lion told him to fuck off, but he didn't get fuck off. So he took him for a walk. And put five bullets in the back of his head. He was like, uh, supposedly there's a there's a um, there's a metaphor there. I can't fucking find it. I can't see it. I don't know what this means. It could mean anything, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> you yeah, know, you're right. It was like very funny. It was like once again, it's it's that cool, the calm of it. It was like mm-hmm. I, I think it's dope to see like as a even though he came up the hard way, right? Mm-hmm. Even through being hardened, he is very much a businessman. Is like this. He doesn't move on emotion. We talked about with that with the killer actually. We we're just like he was never acting out of emotion. It was always lo- like logical. His his next move, yeah. even if it was like unorthodox or spontaneous, or whatever. It was like every move that he made was still calculated, even if it wasn't through the initial calculations. So that's the same thing with Mickey. You you see that there's and he was like I'm not going to be rattled by whatever is said to me. You know. Mm-hmm. Also with that, just Matthew McConaughey in general, like. He obviously, very famous actor, prolific. He's done so many great movies. Has he ever played a role like this before? Like, I know, like, like I don't think so. Like, none that are coming to mind for me. Because yeah. you know, there was the romantic comedies he did for a while, but then he really stepped up. And obviously the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club and the much more serious roles he's had. And then he, True Detective, I think, True Detective Dallas Buyers Club was really when it was like, no, 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 this man acts, acts very mm-hmm. well. And I don't think I've ever seen him portray like a gangster like this. And he just yeah. does it well the entire time. There is mm-hmm. that 
suaveness of him as he especially because of the fact that since he's like a fish out of water being american he's the american hustler in london yeah he's very much adapted that that mindset from the how he dresses to how he acts it was like this is this is very much a business this is like i know like he's selling weed so like you you think of like a drug dealer or something like that but he was like no no i'm much more than that yeah. there's a certain sophistication to it and that he just it it, from the performance and the character itself, it was like it, it it's exuded throughout. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, so the meeting with Dry Eye goes bad. <laughs> he basically tells Dry Eye to fuck off. And then we get introduced to uh the toddlers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> so like um shortly after uh what's his name? Um Mickey shows Matthew one of his grow houses, it's like one of his farms. Mm-hmm. It gets um raided. By this group called the Toddlers or whatever. I wonder why that would happen as soon as he shows. See, this is this is my one issue with the plot. It was like, come yeah. on, Brad, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, and this once again, it, it it was interesting how they told it, right? So we initially see uh, five young men break into the the grow house or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it was just like uh, their video, their recording for some fucking reason. Yeah, and then like uh, they get caught by one of the one of the workers at the at the farm. And like this is funny too. It was just like, uh, what do you? Guys, he says, "What are you guys doing here?" Or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, he called somebody from the back. He was like, "You down for a row?" Which is a mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. And it was just like, so he calls a guy, and then that guy calls a guy, and then that guy comes. <laughs> and each and one was like, "Happy comeback." They're like, "Who the fuck are these cunts? Who is that wanker?" You know what I mean? Like, why? Yeah. yeah every time they come through. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, as they're about to fight, it cuts off, and then you yeah. jump to um. I think you jumped to fucking Mickey, or maybe the coach. Yeah, I think you jumped to Colin Farrell, coach, and then yeah, the coach. coach is getting like chips at like you know fish and chips at a yeah, party. yeah. So he's at he's at like some little like hole in the wall restaurant, and like these teenagers come in, they're really loud or whatever, and they're like they cut in front of him, and he's just like, "What is that smell of a uh, piss or something?" Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like they try to because of the fact once again I don't realize since it's London, it's very much they don't have guns or anything like that, so like. One of the teenagers threatens him with a knife, and he was like, "Bro, if you're gonna stab me, stab me." And you can see, like, he disarms the kid or whatever, Super and then he talks to him. Yeah. yeah, and then they find out that he's the coach, and basically he's like a legend in this part of London. Where it's like he just trains a lot of fighters mm-hmm. in his gym. So he was like, he was like, he sees potential in some of them. It's, I think he, it's very much trying to give back type of yeah. thing. It was just like, yeah, yeah, you guys like are going down the wrong way, but I could definitely like turn you to to be to do something positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, after he, like, talks to the teenagers or whatever, he goes to order his food, but he gets a call. Like, and you can tell that he's been in that restaurant a lot or whatever because the the owner of the restaurant says it's um Coach, it's Ernie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, so he says, um, Coach, we uh we just got a score. We got a bunch of weed, and mm-hmm. we want you in on it because you're our, you're our mentor or whatever. And he's like, what the f- God damn it. And then, like, he, so he goes back, and you see that. And at the same time, like I said, this is the, um, the nonlinear storytelling, but it was just like, they posted their robbery on mm-hmm. YouTube in yeah. like a music video because they're not only like they're like rappers or whatever, but they're also like boxers. Yeah, boxers. and so they created a song which was a dope ass fucking song. Like, yeah. <laughs> so this is what I was talking about though for a little bit. The toddlers. It was mm-hmm. a, a very inter- they're an interesting group of characters for sure, but it did take me out of the movie slightly. I think like to like all of a sudden we're in this movie and now I'm like watching them like rapping and go. I was like, it makes sense. I wonder if it just kind of dates the movie a little bit because that's true. I mean, kids, they still do have all the recording, doing dumb stuff and posting it online. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember like watching that and I was like, eh, I see it. 
and like you needed some kind of like group or something to take this but for me that was like i think of everything the toddlers were like the weakest part of this movie for me you know going from there but yeah that's right like i said i enjoyed it because it was like it it, to me it introduced once again since i'm not from london Mm -hmm. a lot of the times with guy Ritchie's films when he gets into the nitty-gritty of the underworld like i get to know yeah like because i assume there's a certain authenticity or certain realness to the story you know obviously certain some of it is you know just like a lot of hyperbole or whatever it is but it was like i assume there's a certain realness Mm -hmm. to the world that he's showing you know on on film definitely so it was like i kind of appreciated that but Mm -hmm. i I can get once again i can understand it taking you out but i was like i think for me it was just like a very cool thing a very like you know just to be a part of it and don't get me wrong the video they made was a cool video yeah. it was nothing like the song was good it being interspersed with them beating the crap out of the you know the guards was like very well done and like all that so it was a really cool video it was just interesting to see like that video just like all of a sudden plopped in the middle of this movie and I was mm-hmm. like, it took me a second to like get back into it from seeing this i think okay. but yeah but yeah, so once again, the video, so I, um, they're showing Coach the video because they're uploading it, but then mm-hmm. also uh, Ray is showing Mickey and Roslyn um, mm-hmm. the video. And it's just basically, yeah, like you said, it was like them beating up the uh, the guys from uh, Mickey's farm. Yeah. And like, initially, Roslyn says, why are we watching fight porn, Ray? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Mickey goes, because it's fight porn in one of my on one of my farms. Yeah. So he's like, it's the first time they've ever been robbed. And like I said, this is what took me out as far as the plot. This is what took me out, right, out of the film. It was just like, that's way too dumb. It's way, it's a convenience or whatever. That was just like, would not have been overlooked by mm-hmm. somebody like the the person that did it type of thing. Yeah, that's what took the fact that it happened at that farm. He just yeah. showed Matthew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's that's why I got a, a point off. Uh, sorry, I have a point off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, yeah, they robbed the farm and then they videotaped it and then posted it online. Yeah. Ray shows, uh, sorry, Ray shows Mickey, and then they show the coach. And now uh, Mickey has to close that farm, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Obviously, it'll cost a bunch of money." And they also need to. Uh, Rosin says we need to uh, meet with Matthew to like calm him to make sure like the the sale still goes through. Because they're still, you know, he hasn't gotten any of the money yet, mm-hmm. uh, and so he closes the he closes that farm, and then he goes to visit Lord Pressfield, who owns another estate where one of his farms is. Because yeah. um, he, he he he's friends with you know he offers it like even though he closes the guy's farm, so he's like he pays him like a million a year or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, uh, you know, I, I will miss that million you know pounds a year, but. You know, it is what it is. Everybody's here hard. And Mickey, being that they're still friends, he was like, he offers to um, give him money to fix his roof because it was like, that's something that he needed. Yeah. So, well, like, you. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Too, it did kind of feel like, oh, I'm really going to miss that million because I need to fix my roof. And then, like, yes, they're friends and Mickey wants to keep the connection. But I wonder if there was like a little underlying of like, hey, you know, I really need that million still. And you've been doing all this illegal stuff and I've been turning my eye to it, but if you're going to be taking it out. So Mickey, just making sure he's a shrewd businessman being like, Mm -hmm. let me take care of that roof for you just to make sure there's absolutely no way there's bad blood, which was very, very fun. You got Mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. Expenses and whatnot. Yeah. And so like after he he talks to the guy that he's shutting down that farm, he goes to another state uh, to Lord Pressfield. And this is kind of the guy that the reason why, uh, how, Big Dave is, was thinking of taking down Mickey because he knows that Lord Pressfield is associated with Mickey mm-hmm. and Lord Pressfield's daughter is like a singer or something like that, but she's also a, like a junkie. Yeah. Um, 
And so like her, her name is constantly in the tabloid. So they're hoping that Mickey's association with Lord Pressfield will, it will ultimately bring him down. That's big Dave's thought. And so like Lord Pressfield says that like his, his daughter has run away. Like he just asked Mickey to kind of help find her. And so Ray, once again, being a, the the great second man hand second hand man he is, he's like, I already I knew you were gonna ask, so I looked into it. Um, I know where she is. I just don't want to go. I don't like going to that part of you know London or whatever. Yeah, because it's like, he doesn't like that. Because yeah. he is Ray is a little bit of a not a neat freak, but like he's definitely on that track of like being like yeah. And he's like, uh, Mickey was like, yeah, I know you don't like it, but you're, you're going to do it. He's like, yeah, you're fine. my second in command. You're the best. Yeah. This is what you do here. And this is another, once again, I think this movie found comedy without trying, which was dope. It was like, obviously it was not a, a comedic film, right? It's not, nobody would put this in a genre of comedy, but it found ways to make you laugh. Yes. For um, sure. And so Ray goes to the flat that, uh, what's her name? Laura is staying at like with her boyfriend and like a few, like a few other people. Like she's oh, once again, it's basically a crack house, like the American equivalent of crack house. And like, so he goes initially, he just knocks and he's like, can you just let me in? I'm trying to talk to Laura mm-hmm. and her boyfriend's like, no, fuck off or whatever. Yeah. And so like, so he calls up his two bodyguards <laughs> and they break in and, um, and, uh, he has a conversation with them and he's just like, you know, um, he says, I know who, I know who all of you are. Mm-hmm. I know that you, you would like fucking, um, do terrible things for your next, uh, hit or whatever. Yeah. As he's like rolling a, a joint of weed, he was like, I don't even know why y'all do heroin. It was like when weed is just fine. Like, he's lecturing these kids and he, mm-hmm. he's very, it's very diplomatic. It's not like he didn't go in there. Like, I, even though they stronger on their way into the apartment, he's still yeah. trying to be diplomatic about her, like Laura coming with him to mm-hmm. return home. Um, so while he's in the apartment trying to convince Laura to come home, they, his driver is downstairs being accosted by like some other t- yeah. teenager. But apparently, the teen problem in London is just awful because these teens all got knives and they're just going at it like, damn, all right. <laughs> and so um, uh, he convinces Laura to come with him. And as they're leaving, her boyfriend like says, oh, "You're not. She's not going with you." And like he touches Ray, and yeah. like he gets like knocked down and pushed by. He was like, "Don't you." fucking touch me yeah and then he tells the one of the bodyguards he was like leave the kids um at recess for like one minute and then mm-hmm. come downstairs whatever yeah and so like they walk out and then like as they're walking out one of the um because the one kid that uh jesus christ it is snowing yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. the one kid that um or the one factor that raymond hadn't like didn't know mm-hmm. was this kid named aslan or yeah, the russian kid yeah yeah and um with when the bodyguard's back was turning him as uh Ray and Laura and Bunny, the other bodyguard are leaving. Uh he hits him with something and then they get into a fight yeah. and Aslan gets pushed out of a window. Yeah. <laughs> he lands on the pavement outside of um outside like near the car mm-hmm. and like the teenagers that were fucking bothering the driver start taking photos. And it was fucking I think this is talking about it being dated or trying to comment on like modern times. It was just like a body has fallen out of the window and kids are like teenagers are taking photos of it and with it. You see like a guy taking a fucking selfie with a dead body. Like, damn, Christ. Mm -hmm. And then like fucking Raven has made it downstairs. He's seasoned. He's like, we need to get their phone. So it was like three separate teenagers with phones and they all scatter. And like the, once again, this is the comedy of it. Like Raymond chases the one guy. Yeah. And like fucking, He gets to his friends and he was like, this guy's trying to take my fucking phone. And they're like defending him. And he was like, I'm sure you're all gangsters and all that bullshit. Yeah. I'm not trying to steal his phone. Once mm-hmm. again, being raised, 
yeah. to Malik. He's a bubble holist. He's like, I'm not trying to steal his phone. I want to buy it for like four bags. I assume it's either four hundred dollars or four thousand. Yeah, I don't speak London. <laughs> yeah, but definitely one of those for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then um, they're like, how about you give us that money and fuck off? And he was like, oh, God, I didn't want to do this. And then he pulls out a fucking machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> it in the air, and then he aims at the kid and he was like, put the phone down. And it was like, this is what I love because it's like all his friends ran off because they had a machete. But it was like machete does not beat gun. Nope. Not and so like he points at he aims a gun at the kid and he tells him to put the phone on the ground. And then yeah. he goes. She's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, as he's doing that, he gets the phone from the he gets the phone that the kid left, and then he looks up and like I think it was um one of the bodyguards is like holding another kid over the fucking yeah. railing to get the phone, yeah. and then like uh Bunny is uh chasing this kid, the last kid on a fucking bike, yeah. and the kid is like riding the bike through the streets talking shit, mm-hmm. and then because he's talking shit, he's not paying attention. He's just uh, um fucking Ray opens the car door and it hits him. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that whole sequence was great. It, 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 yeah. yeah, start to finish. Just, I mean, it was, what was funny is, like, as Ray's telling the story back to Mickey, because he was like, uh, he tells Mickey that Laura Preston has, Pressfield, sorry, has been uh, returned home safely. He was like, but there was, you know, an incident or whatever. <laughs> and then Rosin goes, Jesus Christ. Um, a lot of people end up, uh, like, um, dying around you or something like yeah. that. He was like, well, it was more the gravity that did it. it was was. The, oh, you killed somebody. No, she was like, yeah, you killed somebody. He's like, no, no, it was the gravity that killed him technically, not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, they retrieve Laura. Um, anyway, he's, he's just like, it's business as usual. And then we see, sorry. Is this around the time too when Fletcher shows? Because they got all the phones. but Fletcher- Yes, and I think that's what he was saying. It was like, th- that incident is um, how basically Mickey got, like, a, re- a way that Mickey got caught. So like Fletcher was there that day. Yeah. And he took photos of everything that happened. And then he shows them a picture of Aslan. And at the same time we see, um, he shows pictures of the Russian kid Aslan. And then he goes to the bathroom and when yeah. he's coming back from the bathroom, he sees the two bodyguards moving <laughs> Aslan's dead body. Cause he was like earlier in the, early in the night, uh, I think they moved outside Yeah, and, yeah. um, Ray went to get steaks from a freezer. Mm-hmm. He opens the freezer, gets the steaks, and then you see that there's just a dead body sitting in the freezer. And you don't know who it is at that point. You don't know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then shortly after, yeah, like, um, what's his name? Fletcher goes to the bathroom. He comes out, and as he's walking back, you know, outside to the, you know, to the backyard, he sees the two bodyguards moving this dead body. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Bunny goes, do we got a problem, boss, or whatever, yeah. to Ray? And then Ray goes, I don't know, do we have a problem, Fletcher? And he was like, <laughs> I didn't see anything. Actually, I forgot to wash my hands. Yeah. <laughs> and there's such a good scene because it is just like, do it like they would have killed him in a heartbeat. They're like, yeah. hey, if he gives us the go ahead, we're gonna kill this man too because he saw something he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, I think, this is interesting to see. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, Fletcher knows where he stands in this world, mm-hmm. right? It was just like he's he's not a you know a gangster or anything like that. He's yeah. very much a vulture or a rat, but he knows that. He yes. plays into it. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, he knows what lines to cross, what not to cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so sorry, he shows the pits. Although, and then so um, after that scene, they they go they go back outside, and yeah. now we jump to the coach. He's he's been calling around trying to figure out who's weed that the toddler stole because he was yeah. like nobody who has this amount of much weed to steal because mm-hmm. he once again he he, like, he he says it later. He was like, I've done some things that I'm not proud of, but it was just like one of the the good things about me is like teaching these boys how to be men, you yeah. know, and like training them up to do good. Mm-hmm. And so like, 
<laughs> so he's been calling around. He, but uh, one of his guys says it was like the only person I could think of was like Mickey Pearson. He was like, but there's no way that that that's um that's the person they stole from. Yeah. And then he talks to fucking um he talks to Ernie, like kind yeah. of the leader of the Palas, and he was like, please tell me who you stole from wasn't Mickey Pearson. He was like, are you a you a mind reader? He calls him a gypsy, but it was like <laughs> coach. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, fuck. What is God dang it? So like, once he finds out that it's Mickey Pearson's weed, he uh, has a meeting with Ray, mm -hmm. and he just on behalf of the boys, and he's just like, you know, kids are idiots; they'll be dumb. But like, please don't take it out on them; just take it out on me. I'll like, I'll do whatever it needs to be. I'll return your product. But he was like, I can't return back the 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 um the time and like the inconvenience or whatever. Yeah. It was just like, I'll I'll do whatever it takes to so that it just don't hurt my boys. Yeah. And like Ray initially goes is like the product is one thing, but we need to know how the fuck you found out about how the fuck who gave them the information yeah. about um about the farm because it was like that's nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. And this uh, uh, coach goes, well, I can do you one better. And it's like this is another one of the <laughs> the fucking funny scenes. It was like he goes to his car and he has Dry Eye second in command. Mm -hmm. Dry Eye, you know, Dry Eye second in command. Fuck or whatever, like fuck. Yeah, for, yeah, for Hawk, for Hawk, yeah, yeah. This is with a PH, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he has him locked in his trunk and, like, fucking the guy's, like, hyperventilating because he has asthma and he was like, I need my inhaler. Yeah. And so, like, as he's pulling him out, he says, all right, fuck, calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, this writing, man. I don't, yeah. you know. Colin Farrell's scenes were great, too. Yeah, like, he was yeah. just, Colin Farrell's a, yeah, A1. <laughs> yeah, so now they're they're trying to get information from, um, from fuck basically about like how dry eye like how where he got the information from mm -hmm. but before they get a lot out of him like he runs away he's still like his arms are still behind his back but he runs away yeah. jumps over like a like a little bridge and then lands on his back and gets hit by a fucking trolley <laughs> yes yeah the train that runs him over too and then i think that's when that's when rosin yeah. was like people sure end up dying around you yeah. like, well, like let's not don't put that on me Ricky Bobby. a lot of people are falling to their deaths around you for sure though let's point that out though. yeah and so like this is when this is a, i love that because of the fact that like uh mickey's wife Rosalind wasn't just uh you know just a, a love interest or anything like that she she was very much like even like raised his second in command but like she's his commander as well mm -hmm. like he doesn't make any decisions without her type of yeah. thing so it's just like they're having this meeting and they realize it was because um, fuck, you know, is Dry Eyes second in command. So like, is Lord George, that's Dry Eyes' uh, uncle or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was like, is he trying to make a move on our territory or something like that? And it was like, you know, maybe uh, Dry Eyes, you know, working alone or something like that. But regardless, yeah. he goes to meet uh, Lord George at like um, some Chinese restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the, <laughs> I think this is a fucking uh, Matthew McConaughey trying to be playful and threatening. So like he goes and he sits down and he was like, what you watching? <laughs> just like a fucking kid. Yeah. And then Lord Drummond is like very serious and stoic. He's like the telly. Mm -hmm. And he was like, uh, Mickey goes, what you watching on the telly? Like, <laughs> he's just like fucking with him. He's like, what do you want, Mickey? Yeah. And then he's just like, they just go back and forth. And he was just saying, it was like, I don't fuck with your territory. He was like, I only sell weed. You, like fucking Lord George deals in like prostitution and gambling and like all the, he talks about like different vices yeah. and stuff like that. He was like, everybody's got a vice. Um, and he's even like he's lecturing because it's like you destroy fucking families and lives, mm -hmm. you know. Because like, with and then like, as, you, as he's giving a speech, you see that Laura, who he had just saved, mm -hmm. um, ultimately like overdoses or something like that um, yeah. when she's at home. And he was like, "Yeah, he was like, my you know my drug will just get you high for a bit. Like your the shit that you peddle is mm -hmm. truly damaging to society." Yeah. And like you like he's giving him a lecture, and then he was just like, um, 
talking about he was like uh lord george says his one vice is the tea mm-hmm. and he and then like he's pointing out this fucking tea and then we see like cuts to the kitchen mm-hmm. and um so lord george takes a sip of the tea and then like as mickey's talking you see that he's feeling discomfort mm-hmm. and then like uh he just starts throwing up and he find out that he was like uh basically he poisoned the tea mm-hmm. and mickey's like if i can get you in your kitchen yeah. there's no way that I, I can't get to you and once again it's very much it's very much diplomatic, but it's it's a way of like being. It's very strategic on how he's moved because he could have just came in like guns a blaze or some stupid mm-hmm. shit. But I think you do see him like burn down one of um, Lord George's like like labs or something like that. But it was like the main thing. It was just like actually confronting his because I guess they're not rivals. They're like like once again they they don't sell the same product. Mm-hmm. But it was like they are kind of criminals. They're, they're both are both criminals. Yeah, and they're in the, um, they're both in London, same territory. But yeah, Mickey sticks with weed, and then Lord George does all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, when Mickey goes, he's like, "But because of what your boy Fohawk and Dry Eye did, you're now in my territory, stepping on that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. have to step on one of my laps. I'm doing the same exact thing to you. Yep. Like here we go. And he's like, as long yeah. as it happens again, we'll probably be all right. And then mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah." And so, like, yeah, he says, he tells him what he poisoned him with. He was just like, uh, if you, if, if I don't give you the, basically the antidote, you'll like, like shit yourself and throw up, you know, um, within the hour or yeah, yeah. you'll die. So he like gives him the, uh, the antidote or whatever. And then like immediately fucking dry. I go, sorry. Um, Lord George goes to talk to dry. Like, did you try to fuck with Nikki Pearson? Yeah. And then this is where you do see this like dry eye trying to make his, make a name for himself within the organization under mm-hmm. Lord George. He doesn't want to be. Um, beholden to anybody, he doesn't want to be anybody's like second. He wants to be the guy. So you do see that. Um, and then uh, what happens? Jump back to what's his name? Uh, Fletcher and Ray. Ray shows Fletcher. Sorry, Fletcher shows Ray mm-hmm. uh, surveillance video of Dry Eye meeting with Matthew, and I'm like, oh, the plot thickens type of thing. Yeah. And so this is once again funny too because of the fact that like they're at a um a football match or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and fucking Fletcher is like all the way on the other side. So it's just like, he has the video, but like, uh, he had, he doesn't have audio. Yeah. So like he had somebody who knows how to read lips to mm-hmm. transcribe what they were saying. So he has, he reads dry eye and uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ray means, reads Matthew. And it was just, it was like so funny the way they were doing it. Cause it was like the, um, <laughs> the transcription isn't like the best. Mm-hmm. So it's just like. He said something. He was like, "That can't be right." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah just skip past that." I don't. Yeah. I, <laughs> Your guess is octopus, like something, something, something octopus. Yeah, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, basically, we like uh, what's his name? Fletcher deduces that Dry Eye is working for Matthew. So basically, the the plan was, and I'm this is why I'm saying the the plot didn't make sense. Yeah. Because the plan was for Matthew, sorry, Mickey to give Matthew a price. Mm-hmm. Matthew to find some way to drive that price down for yeah. the for the empire, and then then buy it at a lower lower cost. Yeah, so and he used someone to run it for him too. Because yeah, was- yeah, no, absolutely. It was like he's working with Dry because he was like, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matthew is based in America, so he, like he needed somebody to run that London based business. Mm-hmm. So like that's why he was working with Dry Eye. But then we see that like Dry Eye was like, I don't want to, I don't want a piece. I want to be the man. Yeah. So I'm gonna need you to fuck off, and I'm gonna handle it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And then so like what's his name? Uh, Fletcher has given his whole spiel. He's given the story, all this, all the information. He was like, "You have seventy two hours mm-hmm. to give me twenty million, or I'm going to give this to give this information to Big Dave, and he's going to print it in the paper." 
then I'm like now everybody's gonna know. Um, and he was like, I have a contingency plan. So it's just like, if something happens to me, it goes, you know, it goes to the paper anyway. So like, don't try to kill me. Don't try to hurt me type of shit. Mm-hmm. And then we ju- like, um, as, uh, what's his name? Fletcher leaves Ray's house. He calls, uh, somebody and he's like, he's a, you know, he's a clever cunt or whatever, but it was like, he, he doesn't know as much as he thinks type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to the beginning where, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mickey is in the, in the, in the bar on the phone with Rosalind and he's like, who's there with you type of shit. Yeah, because someone comes um, in and tells her to hang up the phone and we see that yeah. now. Yeah. And then we see the guy that stepped behind him didn't shoot Mickey, but Ray was able to get there in time to shoot the guy. Yes. Yeah. And then, but also, like you said, that somebody was in, uh, somebody was there with Rosalind telling her to hang up the phone. So like they get in the car and they're rushing to her, um, to her office. And quick time, so, like the guy who tried to shoot Mickey, we have no idea. That guy came out of nowhere. They're like, who the fuck is that guy? Because he's yeah. not Chinese, mm-hmm. he's not Asian, so he's not. Yeah, really well, yeah their assumption is that it was retaliation for, because we find out that, um, this is really quickly, it was like, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Um, Lord uh, George died mm-hmm. shortly after the meeting with uh, Mickey. Yeah. So they assume that the Lord George's people, sent somebody to kill Mickey in retaliation for Mickey killing the Lord George. Yeah. They think that Mickey was the one to put out a hit on Lord George. Yeah. So like you said, like they don't know who the fuck this guy is, but they assume it's just retaliation, Mm -hmm. but they don't really have time to think because of the fact that Rosalind is in trouble. And so we see like in in the beginning of the movie, we just see that somebody was there with her, but we see in the, in the, you know, in this moment in the film, as Mickey and Ray are racing to her uh, office, um, dry eyes in her in her office, yeah. and he's like, "Hang up the phone. I'm gonna kidnap you until like we handle this business with your with your husband." Mm-hmm. And I forgot to. It's like the smoking gun. It's fucking uh, Chekhov's. Uh, yeah, Chekhov's. Chekhov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gun. God damn it! But yeah, yeah earlier when uh when uh, Mickey meant to went to go calm down Matthew after the robbery in the mm-hmm. farm, um, Matthew's wife gave him a paperweight, and it yeah. was a gun with like six little bullets. And we find out that he was like, it's illegal to own a gun in um, London. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, England, sorry. But yeah, um, it might so, be just London. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Cause it, yeah, it, I'm it, either, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but so Mickey had given this paperweight, quote unquote, to Rosalind. Yeah. And so, once again, her being like, she's being threatened in this moment, but she's sitting at the desk. She was like, uh, you want a candy or something like that? And mm-hmm. so she opens the box with the paperweight in it yeah. and just loads two bullets into it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of uh, Dry Eye's men is told to go grab Rosalind so they can go. And she stands up, points the gun at him, and was just like, um, if he takes another step, I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. And it was like, but then she says the dumbest thing I could think of. She goes, there's only two bullets in it, so I'm not going to fuck about and miss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why the fuck would you? Yeah. It's like the equivalent of a homegirl from a fucking um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness when uh, when a uh, uh, Mr. Fantastic was like, Black Bolt could destroy you with a whisper. What uh, the yeah. fuck would you tell her that? What, yeah, what are you exactly. doing? You're just letting him know. You're telling him your main. Why are you, why are you playing your cards this close? Yeah. <laughs> what happening? Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, she tells him that there's two bullets in a gun and she's not going to miss mm-hmm. and whatever. So the guy steps up and she shoots him directly in the head. Yeah. And like he, he falls out. Then the next guy steps up and she shoots him as well. But then, what's his name? Um, Dry Eye was actually going to leave after the first yeah. guy got shot. He was like, okay, we, you know, we both said some things. I'm going to go. But this <laughs> man goes to pull out a gun on Rosalind, and so she shoots him. Mm-hmm. Shoots him dead or whatever. And then Dry Eye realizes there's only, there was only two bullets. 
Yeah. And then he goes to like attack her and like try to like tries to like sexually assault her. And then like at the same time, Mickey and Ray are driving to her. They get hit by a bus. Yeah. But this doesn't stop. Like Mickey like pulls himself out of the wreckage mm-hmm. and he runs to her office or whatever. And it was like right as she's about to be sexually assaulted. Yeah. Um, she just looks over at the door and she says, hey, babe. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey is like, sorry, uh, Mickey is standing there like blood in his mouth. Hasn't like, mm-hmm. like fully recovered from the hit. Yeah. And he just like... uh you see the fear and fucking driving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we talked about the, the performances from uh, McConaughey, from uh, Charlie Hunnan, from Colin Farrell. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed uh, Henry Golding, the guy that played Dry Eye. Yeah. I enjoyed his performance because it was like, it is the most unruly I've seen him. Because it was like, the next thing I saw him in was like Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So just like, he, he always plays a very, very dapper, very like sophisticated. So it was like, once again, it was like when actors get to play uh, antagonists, they literally they love to eat up those those moments, those opportunities. Mm-hmm. It was like, but once again, like his whole performance, but it was like in this moment, he sees Mickey there, and he's just like, "Shit, there's nothing I can say." And Mickey just shoots him dead. Yeah, and I want to say I want to shout out uh, yeah Michelle Dockery too for this too because like there's the struggle, there's like she's almost. Like on her face, she's almost like um resigning herself to yep. like, mm. a terrible thing, and then you see like the relief and smile when she says "Hi, babe" to Matthew McConaughey, yeah. and it's like, oh, thank God, because you are you were just like, oh, thank God he made it in time, because you were so mm. like I was legitimately stressed. I was so like I was like he's not going to make it in time. There's no way mm. this is going to be like another thing. It's just going to be terrible, and now he makes it. It's like oh. Yeah, but I think it. that's what talking about her. I think I love her performance too because like she wasn't just a wife. Like mm-hmm. she was very much like his his equal. Yes, absolutely. So like, even, like I said, even in those moments, like she's being threatened. She's just sitting there like just chopping it up. She doesn't know how this shit's going to go, but like what you won't see her do is sweat yep. or be in fear or like beg for her life or whatever it is. It was like, and I, I love that about her character. Like she was so fucking dope. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so what happens? What happens? So after, yeah, I dry eyes dead. Mm-hmm. And then like we jump to uh, <laughs> um, the toddlers. So like um, we jumped to uh, Big Dave. At yeah. his office, and he's gotten a call from um, what's his name from Fletcher, and Fletcher has the information he needs. But it was like um, set up a meeting for Saturday, mm-hmm. or whatever, because once again he he'd given Ray uh, seventy two hours, he gave him three days, and so um, but he set up a meeting for Saturday just in case Ray didn't come through with the money. Yeah, and so like Big Dave is leaving his office, and he has a driver, and like somebody like somebody parks a van right in front of Big Dave's car. Mm-hmm. So his driver's like, "Big man, you got to move," and he was like. In a second, like, yeah. and you see that it's the it's the one of the toddlers or whatever. I think his yeah. name was Chin. Yeah, I think I that's what, that was that was what was dope about the um the music video because it was like you got to um you got to meet each of the characters very briefly, but it was like it was very much it was like you got to know all you needed to know about them. Yeah, and you yeah, um, the Iron Chin, Ghost, everyone right there. Yeah, that yeah. Was like, I like Ernie. He was like, "Cause my left hand fast, my right hand sturdy." I was like, oh, "God damn it, bars." <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Big Dave comes out and he's like, um, if y'all trying to do something, my my uh, driver knows karate. I'm like, his driver's sitting there like, hands <laughs> up. This little like, oh God, please yeah. don't want to do this. <laughs> and one of, I think it was a chin where he just goes, look, man, we're here for your boss. Like, if you don't want no problem, just get in your car and drive away. Mm-hmm. And uh, the driver was like, I'm only a blue belt, my guy. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, boss. <laughs> And so the toddlers kidnap um, Big Dave, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up, like, uh, the next morning, like, uh, what's his name? The coach wakes him up, and he's like, I know you're a little confused. Like, you're fine. Like, I got your clothes over here. We got your coffee. And he was like, so we're gonna, we want you to watch this video. Mm-hmm. And it was like, 
And once you're finished watching the video, we'll think we'll ask you to um to not post a story about Mickey Pearson. Yeah. Um, or whatever. And then basically the video is like the fucking first episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Like they just they drugged him somehow and had him um perform uh, a sex act on a pig. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and so like, this is once it's very interesting how they how he decided to tell stories. It was like simultaneously. So it's like, um, you see him there with the toddlers and Big Dave when he shows in the video, but you also see him, the coach, showing uh, Ray the uh, the video and he was just like and Ray's watching it was like you can't unsee it once you've seen it and then like Colin Farrell's eyes was like what yeah. <laughs> I was like oh man I don't believe it yeah it, it'll haunt my nightmares for the rest of my life yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now Big Dave has been neutralized they have they have because they're, they're like if you print that story by Mickey Pearson then we're gonna post this online yeah and we'll see how far you get right hundred yeah, percent so they've neutralized uh, Big Dave and then uh, what's what's his name Ray says. I thank you. He was like, I need you to do one more thing for me. And this is where uh coach is like, look, I've done some terrible things in my past, but this like, um, you know, I tried it, but I tried to do right. And he was like, this will be the last thing that I do for you. Yeah, so or whatever. Third thing for you. I'm done. Third thing, and then I'm out. Yeah. And then he gets it with the Tyler's and he was like, he was like, is everything, uh, Bert, uh, Ernie says, is everything all right? Coach? He was like, no, it's not, but you'll see, you're seeing the, the consequences of your actions. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they drive off to their, to, to the final whatever um task that ray had given him and then we jump to the uh the final meeting with uh matthew and mickey mm-hmm. because earlier mickey sh- mickey showed uh matthew the the farms but he was like i need to see your distribution how do how do you you know how do you um distribute all of your weed or whatever so it's just like he's showing him like this um what is it like a, a fish market you know like they like pack yeah fish market that's what i'm that's yeah. all I got lost. So like, yeah, so he's showing the fish market where it's like it doubles as his distribution center. Yeah. And then like so he goes into one of the freezers and he's like, um he was like, uh Oh, because Matthew's like, um, because of the shit that happened mm-hmm. with the break-ins and it was like, now we need to because one farm was compromised, that means possibly all of them be compromised, which means we'll need to shut down and relocate and mm-hmm. it's gonna cost all this money. So like initially it would have cost me four hundred million. I'll take it off your hands for a hundred million. Yeah. Right. And um he mentioned something about a domino. Mm-hmm. And Mickey's like, it's interesting that you brought up the domino analogy because it was like, but what where did the first domino start? Yeah. And then like so he shows um in the freezer that drive is, you know, dead in a freezer. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Matthew's like what does that matter? I don't know this man. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and like Mickey has pieced together that he used dry eye to yeah. ruin his business so like he could buy it at a you know at a discount. And so like they step out of the freezer and he's like, um, yeah, don't worry about your your, your bodyguards, they're dead. Like, yeah. they, they found, it's a fish market, they found a place to be. Yeah. Or whatever. So he's like, you don't worry about them. So he's like, the money doesn't matter to me. He was like, so I'm gonna he forces him to pay him, I can't remember the amount. It was like the 130 million, you know, like yeah, it was like the difference, the, yeah, the difference of whatever was lost. Yeah, but he was like, um, but he was like, that's you know, the money doesn't matter to me. He was like, because I'm not an emotional person. Yeah. But he was like, but the new the dude that you hired tried to sexually assault my wife, yeah. and that's unforgiven. No amount of money can pay for that. He was like, I need you to pay for that with a pound of flesh. And he was like, either you can cut it off yourself. But my man Bunny, and he was like, you see Bunny, another the, the bodyguard from earlier. He's like, he's dressed in like a dry fit. He's like, you know, he dressed for like the cold weather. He's like, my 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 man Bunny's Bunny's good with a knife. So he's like, either you could do it or he's gonna do it. 
but he was like, but I'm gonna need a pound of flesh from you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's it's fucking cool. Yeah, and if it's a gram off, you're in an ounce short, whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. My wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Not the same, but same thing. Slight difference, but yeah, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this, like I said, the, the performance is great, but it was like, it was just that once it is that sophistication of this business. It was yeah. like, it's cutthroat. Yeah, but throat, ice cold sophistication the whole way through. Yeah, like when you can tell a man to his face, this is what's going to happen. And like, mm-hmm. it's not an unspeakable act, but it's borderline like a terrible, terrible, unspeakable thing you're making this person do. And you're just like calm, cold. I was, thinking, I was like, what the fuck? Was that? God damn it. My belly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of belly fat I could get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so like he forces Matthew into the freezer with Bunny for the to get the money because he was just like, um, with the freezing cold temperatures in the freezer, like I'll give you an hour. But it was like, but obviously frostbite is terrible on the digits. So I want the fingers and the toes. Mm-hmm. And then also Bunny's gonna be cutting off something, so I'm gonna need you to hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that's the that's the in the Matthew we uh, we assume that a homeboy gets his money yeah. and his his flesh. And then we jump to uh, jump back to the final meeting with Fletcher and Ray, mm-hmm. where um, Fletcher's there. He was like, "I need my money. What are you doing?" Yeah. You know. And then uh, Ray's there with the coach, and they just basically tell him it was just like, "You thought you were slick, but we're better. We're smarter than you are." Yeah. Now we it took us some time to figure out um, where you where you hid your contingencies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the, but it was just like he realized that when he went into the bathroom. Um, he had taken his shoes off, so they put a tractor in his shoe yep. to figure out. He, he put one suitcase in like a, some storage facility, and a one suitcase at his mom's house. I assume. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and so like they found his contingency plans, and then they just put him in a box. <laughs> it's like <laughs> literally just close a box on him. Yeah, yeah. and then um, the coach is like, you know, I'm I'm done. I've done my my duty or whatever, and he walks off. Yeah. And then Fletcher yeah. basically tells him, "This is what we find out about the guy that was trying to kill Mickey, mm-hmm. that it, it wasn't." Um, Lord George's people that sent somebody to kill Mickey, but it was uh, the Russian kid that yeah. was in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So basically, his dad was like a Russian oligarch that used to be in the KGB or some shit like that. Yeah. And obviously, his son went missing, so he's he's you know he's scorched earth trying to figure out who did it. And so he sent a he sent a, a fucking person to kill Mickey that failed. Mm-hmm. And so fucking Fletcher had told them where to find Mickey. So that and all his people, so they he, they can clean house. Yeah. So there's two guys at Ray's house, um, there to kill him, and then the same um, they've uh, killed Mickey's driver and mm-hmm. like to replace him, so they can kill Mickey as well. So like in time, like Ray sends Mickey a text like, uh, "Boss, don't get in the car, but it's already too late." Yeah, and so like, and this is another thing talking about like people being resigned to their fate. It was like mm-hmm. Mickey is like. There's nothing I could do. The door's yep. locked. They're driving off. Mm-hmm. And then so like he sends a text and there's two guys like coming for him. Coach yeah. sees this. Mm-hmm. And like so he before actually right before he gets a call from Ernie like, Coach, we're going to we're going to um solve this for you. Yeah. Which, ah, you dumb fucking. I mean, like we need it. But like you dumb fucking toddlers, like their mentality of like, we're gonna, I know how to solve this problem. We're going to kill yeah. Mickey Pearson for you, coach. I'm like, that's. <laughs> You learn nothing. You dumb fucks, you learn nothing this mm-hmm. entire movie. But thank God yeah. they didn't. But yes. Yeah. yeah. And so um Coach kills the two guys that came the two Russian guys that came after um 
Ray. Yeah, and I and love he, it. He puts up, he puts up the fingers. He's like, "That's four times. Four I'm done." Times like, good for you. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> but because of because of that, uh, Fletcher escapes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, the toddlers see that um, Mickey's car, and so they they just spray it with bullets. Yeah. Now, so that's interesting because of the fact that I didn't see them trying to kill Mickey. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, I just didn't see that. I thought maybe they saw him being kidnapped and were solving the bit. I yeah, think you're right. I think I it, think it plays like they were just trying to kill Mickey Pearson and it just was like the comedy of errors that it worked out that they killed the two Russians instead of Mickey when yeah. they did that. Yeah. Got it. That, no, that, yeah, you're right. I think that makes yeah. no, that makes a lot more sense. You're right. Yeah. And so um then we see like that, yeah, they spray the car, but Mickey's um you see that the two guys that kidnapped him are dead, mm-hmm. but the back door is open. Yeah. And then like then it cuts to um Fletcher basically telling this story to mm-hmm. some exec at Miramax. Yeah. Um, and he said, and it was like, the guy's like, I need an ending. What the fuck? And he was like, no, no, what you need is a sequel. Yeah. And it was like, you know my price. Um, I'm going to Los Angeles to shop this story around. Mm-hmm. So like, give me a call. And then like, so he leaves Miramax, um, not studios, but like the offices in London. Yeah. He gets into a cab and then you see uh, the cab driver says, uh, Buenos Tardes, yeah, Fletcher Ramundo, and it's it's Ray who's mm-hmm. found him and then whatever. And then, like, uh, initially, Fletcher tries to get out of the car, but the door's locked and it just drives off. And then, um, it jumps to uh, Roslyn coming into uh, Mickey's den saying that they've caught Fletcher. Yeah. Oh, sorry, he's caught Fletcher. And it was like, so basically, everything's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Ah, love it. Um, oh, also, I mean, we could. Probably should have said this in the background. You know, they're making a gentleman's TV show on Netflix too. I did see that. I don't. I don't, I don't like it. I mean, we'll see. It hasn't come out yet. I think because of the fact that I watched it and you know our devices are listening to us, yeah. that, that, that article did pop up, and I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. we'll see. I think because you know how I feel about like fucking milking IP. Yeah, I think that's what it is. For sure. Granted, this one was successful, but it wasn't as big, so it's mm-hmm. interesting to see why. Like, I can see why, like, because you you said it's either Paramount or Peacock, whatever it is, but it was like yeah. obviously they just did the um the Continental show, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the fact, because of the success of John Wick, yeah. that makes sense to me. The same thing they're doing a ballerina movie, like the spinoff to John Wick, but them doing a prequel to this movie, even though I loved it, yeah, it's interesting to me because of the fact that it wasn't a big Michael, uh, sorry, big Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, so. It's just like that they, they truly they just love the story and there is more story to tell versus more money to be made. And the world. You know, like if it's possible it could be good because there is such a this is a very interesting world of here's an American drug dealer that made his way to the top, here's you know, a coach that does boxing, how it all goes. So we'll see. I'm a little apprehensive on it too, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that is the gentleman, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We always like to re- go back to our original rankings and see if they change. So, Mike, you gave it a four and a half out of five. What are you thinking? I'm sticking with the four and a half. Like, like I said, granted the the story with like the the plot hole of Matthew having them rob a place that he was just shown doesn't make sense. Yeah. Fucking Rosalind telling Dry that she had only two bullets <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yeah. And now I didn't even think about it, but the um the toddlers trying to murder Mickey Pearson to solve coach's problem doesn't make. But when I regardless, I think those things like all of that culminates to a, a half a point off. Otherwise, I love this fucking movie for sure. Like it's one, it's maybe they're not few, but it was like there's it's a short list of films. It was like I could just watch over and over again and yeah. still get that same enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, you know, like this is what, like I said, when we, when I was trying to think of a movie to watch for my birthday episode, I was just like, 
I would say I can go with the the you know from the the AFI's top list of some stupid shit like that. Yeah. But I was like, no, no, no. Was something that people don't really know, but I thought was great. Yeah. Um, and cool. this is this is it. So four and a half for me. I love this movie. Yeah, and I'm gonna stick with my four as well. But that's because you know we've kind of explained the rankings. But a four out of five is truly for me a very excellent movie. A four and a half out of five is like the best, some of the best movies, a lot of your Oscar winners for best pictures, like the really, really good movies. And then fives for me are like silly movies that I just love because they're from my childhood or they just do something for me, like Fifth Element for my birthday. So four out of five, but with the full explanation that this is a great movie. I highly, if you like this genre, it's great. And also it's not overly gratuitous in violence, which means I think, mm-hmm can also mean it can be approached by many more people. Even though is, mm-hmm. I was about to say, is Guy Ritchie really the gratuitous violence type? I know Scorsese does. Yeah, he gets into the bag. But yeah, that's what but I, I know uh, Guy Ritchie does a lot of criminal, like like I said, criminal, but I don't think he really gets into the gratuitous violence. Exactly. So there's, there's always violence, and there usually will be people dying in Guy Ritchie films, but it does not like, yeah, it's not that hyper-violence like Scorsese mm-hmm. or Tarantino, for instance. It's like, mm-hmm. here's a couple dead bodies. Yes, you're going to see a dead body or two in this movie, but they don't like focus on it hardcore like other movies. So four to five for me, rock-solid movie. Definitely say watch it. All right, but that is our episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us at at Two Meddling Kids. Um, yeah, at Two Meddling Kids on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us at Two Meddling Kids at gmail.com. Mike, how can I reach out to you? Uh, on Instagram at Days from Legendary. And what's your Venmo for your birthday? Just kidding. <laughs> if you want to bless up. <laughs> And then if you want to reach out to me, I am at EdHunt77 on Twitter and Instagram. And my uh, Instagram handle for my comics is Hunt.Comics. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, y'all. See you soon. Bye. Yeah.